Hi, my name is Wilkin Brutus. And I am Paulette Francois. You're listening to A Boat, A Voyage. In 2013, my hardworking Haitian mother spent two weeks with me in South Korea during my, quote, expat life abroad. We find ourselves awkwardly privileged, dark skin with our American passports, watching South Asian migrants being frowned upon by the locals in our Busan subway ride. And on a metal chopstick evening, she finally opened up to me about a refugee story and past struggles of being a poor, parentless child immigrant in South Florida. In the 1980s, Haitians were simply boat people on the very bottom of the social hierarchy. I was simply a first-generation American with one foot in Americanism and one foot in Haitian culture. So I wanted to learn more about her actual journey, what it was like for a 16-year-old girl from Jeremy, Haiti, to sacrifice the comfort of her immediate family and take a voyage across the Atlantic Ocean, a destination to an uncertain future. I was curious because we only know our parents as caregivers who automatically provide love, food, and shelter. But they're actually like blood-related strangers until you muster up the courage to interrogate their past. It was weird for me to use the word expat with my mom because our respective decision to migrate to another country was under drastically different socioeconomic circumstances. And it felt necessary, at least for the preservation of our family's history here and in Haiti, to document her untold immigrant story. So yeah, this is A Boat, A Voyage, a Q&A interview with my mother, Paulette Francois, Saka fait maman. Not bouli. Not bouli. Tu enfant. That's good. That's good. Uh, what's the, what's the phrase of today? Today is. Um, what you don't know is greater than you. Then yes. How can I say it in Creole? So pas qu'on est pigon passo. So pas qu'on est What you don't know is greater than you. Yes. With that said, mom, I want to learn more about you. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, when you uh, arrived at the Haitian shore and you saw the little boat the Tibato, mm-hmm. and looked into the vast ocean. Did you ever say to yourself, what the hell am I doing? <laughs> I think of that, <laughs> but I, not, I, really, I was not really too panicking mm. of it because I had so many friends around me. And your friends just made you feel comfortable? Yeah, or? they make me feel comfortable. <laughs> wow, you, you were literally the child of the sea. It reminds me of... um. Edwidge Duntika. Remember mm-hmm. Edwidge Duntika? Mm-hmm. The Haitian author. Um, in her book, Quick Cock. Quick Cock. Quick Cock. Uh, and in that, in that book, there's a chapter called Children of the Sea. Mm-hmm. So you remind me of Child of the Sea. But um, what, can you explain what Quick Cock means? Quick oh. <laughs> Cock means it's like you study a story. Mm-hmm. And then the person who was telling the story say Quick. And the other person who, who listening to the story say Cock. Cock. So the story can be still so, gets quick, started. Quack. Quick. It's like, it's like, you almost like say, Sak passe. Not bully. Yeah. You know, similar to that. Yeah, so it's call and response. Mm-hmm. So let's try. Quick. Quack. Quick. Quack. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's awesome. I'm going to start doing that. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> All right. So how old were you um, and did both of your parents agree to let you go? Um, they didn't really agree to let me go. Mm. It's just a challenge towards um, friends and family. Yeah. But my mother not willing to support it because she was really scared about it, mm-hmm. you know? I was like 15 going to 16. 15. Mm-hmm. Wow. 15. But I was very responsible. Mm-hmm. I was very responsible child. Maybe that's why the... My dad not really supported 
he supported halfway, but not really all the way. My mom not really supported because hmm. I had, you know. So your father supported just a little bit? A little or? bit, just a little well, bit. Well, why do you think he supported and your mom did not? I think my dad knew that I am responsible. Even at 15, he felt yeah, comfortable, he comfortable with sending his daughter yeah. 600 miles <laughs> across my the Atlantic. always, always trust me with so many things. Do you think you felt like you were uh, mature mm -hmm. for your age at that time? I because was you had so very many siblings? Mature, yeah. Because I have to look over my sibling when my mother not home. Right. I have to cook for them and, you know, make sure they bathe and mm -hmm. keep the house clean and everything like that. So there is that every uh, elder person in my neighborhood trusts me with everything. Mm. That they know I'm responsible to do this and I did. Right. You know? Wow. And uh, how difficult was it to say goodbye to your family and close friends? How difficult was that? It was very difficult to, mostly I miss my mom hmm. because, you know, my mother, she's a very shy woman. Yes. Yep. I was very overprotective of her because of that. She was very shy. Mm -hmm. She don't really, she's very quiet. So I always like to protect her so nobody take advantage of her, hmm. of her, you know, kindness and everything like yeah. that. But. For whatever reason, I feel like I'm, I can do anything. I'm mm. very wise. I was a very wise girl. You know, I feel like I can do whatever that I need to, to do to, you know, to help my family. Exactly. And in the future, when I was 12 years old, I was making, uh, I was making requests to God. I told God, I was sitting by the ocean, play with my friends. And I told God that. I don't want to have children at my mother's house hmm. because I feel like the future has more for me hmm. to explore. Right. I don't want to be here, you know, there with my other friends, you know, do it. I don't see the future for what I want for my life. Economically, Economically politically. Yeah, it's not enough Haiti for me. At the time, it wasn't enough. You know, it wasn't yeah. enough for what I want and what I need. Hmm. And then... I wanted to explain. You said, I'm out. I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> you know? <laughs> you know? And, uh, wow, that's that's huge, mom. That is. So what, what kind of items did you bring with you on that boat? I bring, it was a, a <laughs> June. We were living in Haiti in June. So this is a time of mango. We had so much mango. We had bread. We had, we had what else? We had fried fish, fried plant, yeah. Not fried plantain. No fried plantain. Yeah, cassava. Cassava. No, you no. have. We bring fried plantain so we can eat, you mm -hmm. know. Yep. But that doesn't you last for too long. Right. It's like for one day. And we bring cassava. We bring fried fish. We bring other stuff, you know. But we didn't know what we were going to face. Hmm. We didn't know what we were going to face. So you brought. You, you, so you brought limited items. Limited you know, items. Yeah, yeah, very limited. limited. Um, uh, banana things that that can moment. last momentarily momentarily yeah. mm -hmm. um so how big was the boat and did you uh go with anyone in particular i went my cousin i know how old, how old was i know i know it was like i know oh god i know it was like at the time 25 or 26 yeah still very young uh -huh. and i i have another god one of my god brother and we had a lot of family members, mm -hmm. a lot of uh, family of our neighborhood. 
possible. Also, extended family members. Extended family members. Oh, okay. Okay. And when we were at the shore where we went to get to the boat, there was other people from other areas hmm. that meet with us to get in the boat. But the boat overcrowded, so they have to leave some people behind. And I have my, my best friend, Marie, mm -hmm. that was there. But we was not in the same group. So she was about to stay in the shore. So I jumped in the ocean, you know, <laughs> and swam and go get her. Just, when I to started, get her. just to get her. So I'm like, what are you doing? Let's go, Marie. And she said, well, there is no space. The, the captain said, I have to stay. I was break down. I said, no, we got to go. So I jumped her, get her to the water. Wow. And I swam to the boat with her. You know, oh, my goodness. Yeah. Was she, man, you jumped off the boat and mm -hmm. swam to toward her. her. Was she reluctant to go? Did you, do you think that was a, when, um, when she, did she do that on purpose? No. Okay. Because the captain didn't, didn't have enough space. Okay. Because they didn't know there was so many people wants to go. Right. So I said, Mary, like, I don't have no, no, we about the same age. It's like I don't see, like I need somebody like to communicate with, like, you know, we click and stuff like that. So I jump and swim and get her. So we get in the boat together and she said, oh my God, I can't believe you did that for me, Paulette. I can't believe. And we die, we, we, we hug and mm -hmm. cry each other to each other. I said, no, what are you doing? Why are you trying to skip? Like, you know, I told you to stay close to me. But because she was in a different group, she thought they would not let her go in my group. And my brother, you know, I have my whole family with me. So they support me mm -hmm. for what I did for her. Wow. And she's so appreciative. Yeah. That is huge. And um, so everyone's on a boat now. Everyone's comfortable, sigh of relief. Like, mm -hmm. oh, man, we are actually doing this. Yes. So, so now you're on a boat and mm -hmm. you have to think, you, you have to have a forward thinking approach now. So, uh, well, did everyone have a name for the boat? Was there a name for the boat? The name for the boat was C'est la vie. C'est la vie. Yeah, I think that's the name for the, the boat. The irony. C'est la vie. C'est yeah. la vie. Uh -huh. This because, is life. Because, you know, <laughs> yeah, in my area, like my dad, my dad every year, he has a different sailboat. Hmm. So he named one after my sister. The year after, he named one C'est la vie also. Mm -hmm. Oh, he, they always went like God name sometimes to throw the boat and design the boat to a different color, you know, make it look so beautiful mm -hmm. and stuff like that. But when I was in the, when I was in the boat, I was thinking very hardly of my mom. There was a point I break down a couple times. Emotional breakdown. Emotional breakdown. Yeah. And I'm like, wow, what's she going to, my mother was, I, I knew I was going to miss her somewhat. So I, I have a, one of her dress on me. <laughs> Your mom's yeah, dress. Yeah, she had this mm -hmm. beach dress. So I put it on me when I was leaving. I say every time I feel uh, uncomfortable or I feel like um, scared or whatever, I just hug the, myself mm -hmm. like I'm hugging her, you know? Wow. And I was, I had her dress on, take it off. I put different clothes on. But when, I, when we were somewhere else, but every time I'm getting the road again to go, to get to the ocean again to live, I put her dress on me. All the boats had previously sunk, right? Haitian men, women, and children had drowned. Yes. Mm -hmm. um, some boats left towards Cuba and stayed. Your boat, going toward Miami, obviously, mm -hmm. had 40 people in it. 
yeah. <clears throat> with you know faith leaders arguing over power. You know, such yes. a dangerous yeah, mission. Dangerous. It was a dangerous, and you went through you know, the Windward Passage to stop by Cuba first. Mm -hmm. So what was that experience like, going to Cuba first before venturing off to Miami? Cuba is closer to Haiti. So if whatever the situation is, you didn't get just to go to Cuba, that's fine too. But there, because of the weather was so bad, we had to stop in Cuba. While we started to Cuba, because our boat was about to sink. Wow. We had this wave. It was like three, one Tuesday. It was like three in the afternoon. The sun was still out, you know, but the cloud, it was so terrible weather. Weather. Oh my God. The, in that moment, I'm like, oh my God, what, it, what am I doing? You know, that's that moment I had myself. Oh my God, what am I getting myself into, Marie? And then she was, she was sick. Barry was very sick. Oh, wow. Yeah, sick or just... Seasick. Um, mm. So, I keep putting water over her head, you know, like... But for a distance while we was in the ocean, we was looking at Cuba, but we was very far from Cuba. Mm -hmm. But the wave, there was a wave came from out of nowhere. Walking. This wave was so high. Went over our boat, go all the way to the other side. That moment, our boat was about to sink. But the captain was a very good captain. So I think he turned the boat to our <clears> other <throat> side. And then he said, everybody throw everything out of the boat. Everything. The boat was about to sink. My okay. goodness. And this is going towards Cuba still. Towards Cuba. But we are so far still from Cuba. And then... He has us throw everything out of the boat, the food, the clothes, the, the, the water we have in the boat, every single thing out, out, out. So the boat can get, you know, yeah, up, can lift up, can lift right. up. The boat can lift up with the water out, throw out the people. Oh my God. But you know why? They, all this time I was in the boat, I keep hearing a voice. At that moment, I click thinking of my mother again. Because for me, there's so much I want to do for her before she die. And that's the promise I make to God. But I told, I heard the voice keep, this voice never left me since I left Haiti. The voice keeps saying, why are you so feared? I told you not to fear. I am here with you. Paulette did not tell, but I, I was, all this thing I'm going to work in, I don't get scared. My heart, my spirit was just women the same. I was not fear at all. You know, the drama kind of got carried away, but my, mm -hmm. I'm not like, oh my God, oh my <clears> God, right. like that. No, I don't. I was very calm. And then I keep hearing the voice, keep saying, I, not to worry, Paulette. You don't have nothing to worry about. It's like somebody sitting next to me talking. I don't see the person, but I keep hearing the voice. You understand? Mm -hmm. I keep hearing the voice. And I keep telling Mary, Mary, don't, don't worry. I heard God tell me everything is going to be okay. Everything is going to be all right. And everybody like in the boat asks me, why, why, why she's not that? Like nothing happened for her, you know, but I keep thinking in my head, I say, Lord, if I have my asthma here, that's it for me. Because when I have my asthma, I had it bad. You had an asthma attack during that time? No, 
at all. Not at all looking. Wow. So the asthma attacks came later, much, much later. Much, I used to have the asthma in Haiti nonstop, nonstop. And then while I was in the boat, I'm like, I clicked something, clicked to my head. I said, why? Why am I get, get to this boat to go so far away? Why? What am I thinking? So you started feeling regret. Getting regret. Because I said, if I have my asthma, I don't have no medicine. I don't have nothing here. Mm. I'm like, oh my God. It's like you forget to get something. Mm -hmm. You understand? Mm -hmm. So this voice keeps saying, Paulette, I told you not to worry. Everything is going to be all right. Just like that. Okay. Mm. I didn't get my asthma attack not once. When we get to Cuba, they they kind of embrace us. They are happy that we make it because the weather was so horrible. Mm -hmm. can. So the <clears throat> so the coast or the Cuban uh, policemen the and Cuban policemen. Yeah. Was it a small it's town a, also? It's, it's Did a, you see like Cubans in a small town at all? Yeah, it's a small town, like a small village. Maybe village mm -hmm. we get to. But there's a lot of boat, a lot of activity, a lot of police all over the place, okay. you know. So they, they come and capture us. And they get our boat, they fix it, put it in the ocean somewhere mm -hmm. to get it fixed. Right. And then we stay in Cuba, I think, for almost two weeks or weeks. Wow, wow. Or one week or something. And then they give us shelter, food, water. They treat us like nothing happened. Wow, just a, a wonderful treatment. The wonderful treatment. I love them. And I always say, when we first came to the U.S., I say, if I didn't have Haiti for, to America, <laughs> you would have stayed in Cuba. I would stay in Cuba. <laughs> because they, so I would have been Cuban. <laughs> <laughs> you would have been Cuban. I would have been Cuban. <laughs> I love the Cuban. I love the Cuban people. They treat you with so much respect. They're so kind, very gentle with you, you know. And they come in, offer us water. There's a girl with water for me. I give her, what did I give her? I, I have some stuff in my bag. I give to her and she went water. We, like, we make friends, you know? You know Were you me. surprised to see black people in Cuba sometime? When people think of Cuba, yeah, they think I of see, just white Cubans. Yeah, but I see a lot of black people. There's yeah, a lot of Haitian in Cuba. It just makes sense that it would be yeah. you know, multiracial. Multiracial. A lot of people don't, you know, mainstream media don't see that. They just yeah, see I white see Cubans a lot of in Miami. Black Cuban. Some Haitian over there too. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, Haitian oh. Cubans. You know? But when they see, when they, when we first get over there, I thought when they saw us, they would be like, you know? But they were so happy to see mm. us. They embraced us. Like, we made it. Now, oh, my God. So that's, that's very interesting because your emotions are very high. Yes. You feel very welcomed. Mm -hmm. But you still have to go to Miami. To, um, to Miami. So when you finally left Cuba after they fixed the boat, after they, you know, gave you some resources, some food or whatnot, drinks, mm -hmm. did you feel, first of all, did you still feel regret? And uh, were you now afraid to leave now from I, um, Cuba? Um, I get, I was started adapted to the Cuban system. <laughs> <laughs> because I, I click with them so fast. Yeah, yeah. To this day, I click with Cuban people. So mm. Click like, you know, so so quick. And when we were, when we leaving again to come to Miami, I'm like, oh my God, I, I wish I could stay in Cuba. Mm. But we didn't left Haiti to stay in Cuba. Exactly, All right. We left Haiti to go straight to Miami. To the United States. To the United States of All America. Right. I don't know where I was going to end, mm. end up, mm. but... That's what that's what was it. 
we left there to go straight to. Now, during that 600 miles, during that 600 mile crossing, were you ever afraid of being caught by the U.S. Coast Guard and and be sent back to Haiti? <laughs> no, I never think that. You never thought not mm-hmm. once, Mom. No, like the U.S. Coast Guard just kind of like cruising around. Trust you me, never, that never crossed my mind. It was you just so because, focused because we did not cross one. Hmm. I don't know why we did not. You just was one of the lucky ones. I we guess. was the yeah. lucky one. We came. We we had so many problems. Doing this journey, so many problems working. So you wasn't afraid of being caught, but um, how did you feel about a lot of the boats who had uh, that had uh, sunk? If I had, prior? if I had been caught to go back home, I would be fine with it. I would be fine to go back home, but that did not cross my mind. Hmm. You know, that did not cross my mind. But I feel sorry for those people that, as a matter of fact, there was a boat. There's a couple people we have to put in a boat. Oh, because came here. Wow, because, because their boat, their boat sunk. was sunk. So, uh, so you saw their. Wait, did you see it sunk? No, their, their boat was sunk. That we met them in Cuba. Oh, they and then their they boat was sunk. So, so they must have like it was sinking, and then they swam yeah, to Cuba they swam, oh, the oh, rest they, of their they, way. Or maybe the Cuban people picked them up halfway. Wow. Yeah. And then they put those people in your because boat. Because I think they when you left Haiti, they certain distance when you reach certain distance, the Cuban government. Already don't how many exactly people yeah on they're, the they're monitoring they're those monitoring waters all this time they monitor us in the ocean much closer much closer yeah. but I didn't know about it of course not yeah you man. know so that's the reason why when they when the voodoo priests try to throw the pastor mm-hmm. on the on the ocean right in my head I didn't say nothing but I said as soon as I reach to Cuba I'm gonna tell on mm-hmm. him so the voodoo priest and the uh, the voodoo priest in your boat and the uh, was it a Catholic pastor? Is or it, no, Christian, it's a Christian, just a Christian pastor. pastor. A Christian pastor. All right, so they were arguing for, since day one on a boat. He's the one arguing with the pastor. Oh, the voodoo priest. Yeah, they, every time he's open, he's because when the wave was like the water getting so bad, and he, he took his bottle out, shaking his bottle. Yeah, you know, he went Bring right in, and it trying to get the, the spirit. Try to call the spirit, you know, yeah. to to let us pass to give us mm-hmm. through and everything. So the pastor opened his Bible and, you know, reading scripture, uh, uh, scripture, reading uh, uh, Psalm, reading, you know, and he's mad about it because to to him is two spirits fighting against each other. But I believe on the pastor's spirit. I believe what's on the Bible. Yeah, yeah. Because that's the original, you know, when you have God in your side, you cannot go wrong. Yeah, so that's that's how you felt. That's how I felt. But, um... So, but people were still comfortable with the voodoo priest, right? Yeah, they, yeah. some people Because obviously are. it's still, like, he wasn't but like... But when he tried to throw the pastor... That's when things changed. That's when things yeah, changed. Nobody supported like, him. Exactly, right. Because even though they supported him, the voodoo priest, everybody, everybody in the boat got greatly respect for the pastor. Yeah, yeah. You know? So it's like um, t- tradition, you know, African... African... Like, tradi- old African tradition fighting with new, new modern, yeah. I guess, you know, Christianity coming to Haiti and... And All the pastor, those spirits too, fighting the pastor on the boat. was very nice. He was a very nice guy. Mm-hmm. Very polite. Like he make you feel so comfortable to stay yeah. near him. You know? But I understand there was the priest. Of course. He yeah. he got his boat. The boat for was for his brother. Mm. So he felt like he 
the boat was the voodoo priest's brother. Uh -huh. So he felt obligated. He felt obligated. He was responsible yeah. for everybody on the boat. Mm. You understand? But the pastor too at the same time doing what is you no know, is right. You know, mm -hmm. doing the right thing. At at that certain moment, you have to call for God for guarding. Mm. You know? So with all these spirits fighting each other on a boat, <laughs> obviously. Um you know, uh, the Cuban government, new refugees entering the boat after their boat had mm -hmm. sunk. Um, did you have any comic relief on the boat? Did you guys make each other laugh at all? We make each other la laugh sometimes. Different. Everybody gives different ideas. Different, different humor. Jokes, different humor and mm -hmm. stuff like that. What about uh, songs? Did you guys, um, uh, what kind of songs or chants that kept your spirits alive? We sung... Some some of the song I don't even remember. Wow, it's too too long. Ago. Childhood, Childhood songs. Childhood song. Mm -hmm. So you know this is random, but uh, did you know that the only black passenger to die on the Titanic was a, a Haitian engineer named uh, I think Joseph Laroche. Mm -hmm. Did I pronounce his last name right? Laroche. Laroche. <laughs> he was uh, actually on a mission back to Haiti. His pregnant you know French wife had two kids survived and were placed on a lifeboat. Um, in our last conversation, you talked about a close encounter with death. Um, and I've, you know, that reminds me of, of Titanic mm -hmm. and that Haitian connection story. Yeah. Obviously the Titanic hit an iceberg, yeah. a wave hit your boat. <laughs> um, uh, so we had a discussion before. So here's that clip. Um, I want you to listen to it. So that, that was, a, that was a fascinating, that was a fascinating story you mm -hmm. gave to me last time. Um, so how was your childhood like in Jeremy? I had a good childhood. My family, I grew up with my mom. I spent some time with my aunt too, my mom's sister. She was living in, in Duvalierville. I kind of live with my mom halfway with my aunt, her sister. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because my mom is three, three of her girls. My aunt wanted to waste all of her, you know, her three girls. So sometimes I go to my mom on vacation. One time I went to stay. In 1980, when I went to visit her, that's when I stayed more longer. And in 1981, we came here. We take the, you know, the journey. My aunt didn't even know that I left. She thought I went to, with my mom to, for vacation, for summertime. And then when I call her that, when I get to the United States, I called my sister, tell them I'm here. She always said, she was giving me a name. She called me Grand Femme Lacky. Grand Femme Lacky. The grown woman. Go, when, I'm, when I'm growing up, I always say, I'm going to be the head of the family uh, and everything like that, you know? <laughs> so they say, oh, my Grand Femme Lacky. Grand Femme Lacky called you, leave me now, like, you know? Mm -hmm. And when I called my sister, she said, she said, where are you? Why, why you don't come back? You were supposed to go for like a month or two and you don't come back. We miss you, Popo. We miss you. Because we always play all the time. You know, she, I don't sister. think she understood the the, the magnitude no. of your trip. I said, I am in Miami. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, she was living, at, at this time we was in Puerto Rico. We were living in Delma, Delma. Mm -hmm. Okay. So she called every, all the girls. The house was full of girls. And she said, Viagela, come. 
Papa said she's in Miami. So you're yeah, joking <laughs> yeah, about yeah, it. Yeah. And then on the phone, Papa, why you go to Jeremy? You never come back. We were waiting for you. Every Saturday, the boat coming from, from, from Jeremy to Port-au-Prince. And she said, we were waiting for you. But you never come. What happened? What's going on? I said, I'm in Miami. <laughs> I know you miss Jeremy. I, I remember when I, I was a kid, you said um, Jeremy was known for poets. Yes. And that's such an amazing thing to yes, know because yes. I was writing poetry it's at such a young age. Yes. Um, and there's a lot of poetry in what and how you tell your stories mm -hmm. and, and, and what happened to you growing up. Um, so what was your favorite food growing up? My favorite food of growing up, I always love yum. Yum. <laughs> I love fish. I love seafood. Oh God, I love seafood. Well, it's a small town and your dad was uh -huh. a fisherman. Uh -huh. Le guim. Le guim. Mm -hmm. Militon. Du, du coup, yeah. le guim mm -hmm. And I love bouillon on Saturday. Because in, in, in Jeremy, they don't cook one food every day. They have menu. Every day, there is a menu for every day. Wow, so food. each day there's a different... Each day there's a different food. Unless if you can afford it, and then you go by whatever you have. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But there is a menu for everything, you know? Yeah, on Saturday, it's Bouillon Day. So so this this is families that, that are doing this, that, not yeah. restaurants. Not restaurants. Each when day, the, the, restaurant, the villages... Yeah, the same thing. The mm -hmm. restaurant cooks all kind of food. Right. So when you go, you ask for what you want. Right. But we know, like, on Saturday, you make bouillon. Most of the areas, you know. Mm -hmm. On Sunday, you cook different. You make sauce poiduri. You know, it's whatever you want you want to have on Sunday. Right. You know? Every single day, you cook something different. That's good. And uh, what, what just, type of... Just what, like I did here. Yeah. What type of music did you listen to? <laughs> I love... At the, I, I, okay, back in the days, I love Tabu, Skasha, Freddy. And these are all compa bands, compa right? Band. <laughs> Asian compa music. Asian compa mm -hmm. music. So these are old school. Old school. So there's like any young Haitians listening to this. They're yeah. like, oh yeah, your mom's old. Oh. <laughs> Even though you look young as hell. Yeah, we, we like system band. <laughs> That's old. So yeah, those... Those those are awesome music that I can't relate to now, but I think I want to start listening to their music uh -huh. so, so I can try to um, uh, understand the frequency, the the energy of your childhood. Mm -hmm. If I start listening listening to those old school yeah. compa bands, um, uh, when you when you brought us to Haiti that very first time, do you remember when I knocked out my teeth the four yeah four of your front teeth I remember four of the front two, teeth um um. So, so what happened? Like, refresh my memory. <laughs> what happened was I took you to an island. We had family in that island called Lilet. Lilet. Mm -hmm. So you were playing with some other kids because everybody knows us, my family, you know? So while you're playing, and then I was sitting in some other area talking to an old friend of mine, and that was like 7 o'clock at night, and you walked into me like, your head down. But you look so weird. I'm not, Wilkin, what's wrong with you? Why are you acting this way? And you don't even want to speak. <laughs> and I, I hold your shoulder. I'm like, what happened to you, honey? And then 
when the boy came to me, he said, Auntie Paulette, I am so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm not so sorry for what happened. What's going on? And he, he started push work and we was playing. I push him and he fell. When I look at your mouth, four foot deep. Gone. Oh God, I'm Just back. gone. I'm back. <laughs> Savage. Oh my God. Uh. <laughs> I'm like, oh my God. I was so shocked at that moment. And all the the the, the, the family and friends and then they start getting mad oh, at that I bet, boy. I bet. I said, no, 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 get him. But for a moment, I said, oh my God, I regret bringing my son here. I should have <laughs> never bring him here. And and then at that moment, so I grabbed the boy. He was crying. And like everybody get on him. And that I didn't like. So mm-hmm. I get, I bring both of you together and I, I hug both of you. Yeah. I hug you. And I said, I remember, you know, you know I, I remember that. Because I remember. Because I know he saw you already. Yeah. How old was I at that time? Seven. Seven years old. It's weird because I'm 34 and I still remember that uh-huh. evening. Uh-huh. I still it's 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 blurry. Yeah. But I remember falling. Uh-huh. And I remember sitting down. Of course you remember. And, and uh not saying anything. Mm-hmm. I, I still and I also remember the actual ride to that did, island. Yeah. Um you know, it, it was a very small boat. Bo- bo- like it was my super dad, small. My dad bought a, your dad's bo- yeah, your my dad's daddy. my granddaddy's boat. Mm-hmm. Um and I remember, uh, you know, was, my fingers flicking the mm-hmm, water, the water, dark yeah. water. And I keep saying, welcome. Thank you. Enough yeah. Water. Are you those I'm afraid that, that you know, shot. fish might grab. But, I, you know, you're a kid. And he's like, you do it. I said, welcome. Just kept doing it. You don't do it. A fish might get. <laughs> I, I still, I like, when you think of childhood memories, it's mostly blurry. But yeah. I still, re- at seven mm-hmm. years old, I remember those moments. And, and I still remember... My chicken, my pet chicken, <laughs> my your cousin give that it I had on my lap chicken, on that yeah. ride, mm-hmm. and I love that pet chicken, mm-hmm. and it was gone. Yes. What happened to my pet chicken, Bob? What happened? Did y'all eat it? I went. I took <laughs> you to the farm to see my grandmother. Yeah. She was so happy to see you. She was so happy to see you. She was feel. She feels so blessed that I bring you to see her. To, to see her. So. Uh, one of my nephew said, Wilkin, I don't have nothing to give you. I have a chicken. I'm going to give it to you. <laughs> and he was like, oh, really? <laughs> you were so excited. And then he gave you the chicken to take to Jeremy with you. But when we get to Jeremy, you said that you're going to use that for your pet. And for whatever reason, for whatever reason, we tie the chicken in the back of the house, my mom's house for three days straight and then one night we go to sleep next day next morning when we woke up somebody took the chicken <laughs> I you was were, you devastated. were so devastated <laughs> you know what recently i um i don't know how i ran into this article but i found out that uh chickens can be therapy animals yeah yeah like people who are going through emotional stress or depression yeah. Oh, uh, they're actually therapy. They can yeah. be therapy animals. So, uh, in hindsight, I probably well, as you're when you're a kid, you're attached to almost anything uh-huh. anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that was very interesting to know. But uh, I just saw chickens completely different. Now yeah. I still eat chicken, <laughs> but uh, you, you, I grew to respect the animals I that know, I eat. I, yeah. You know, the, the spirituality of having uh, resources around uh-huh. you to yeah, feed your to body. Feed you know, and it made me c- connect more with the world yeah. and whatnot. Um, so that was that was very fascinating. The second time I took you, Erica, Mar- 
Marcus and mm-hmm. Jessica. Yeah, that was the second time all four of your kids went. Yeah. So yeah, so so the first time it was just me. Second time all of the siblings. Yeah. Uh, now it's Zion's turn. Your grandson. Zion wants to go. Yes. So your bad. your eight year old grandson. It is his turn soon, and he's he's uh, he can't wait. Is what I'm missing to what. Haiti to him sounds like a mystery, mystery. island. Yes. I don't think he understands his. His, uh, his identity, really. Old. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds, it sounds like a mystery him, island for him. He wants to go to Haiti. Yeah. <laughs> like, he knows something about Haiti. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, just to go back from, you know, the, the start of the story. Mm-hmm. So, um, it's clear, you know, that you left Haiti because it's relatively an isolated island mm-hmm. with few allies, few political allies. Yeah. Um, suffering, you know, well, Venezuela was a big political mm-hmm. ally, but um, Haiti suffered from disaster capitalism, still continues to suffer from mm-hmm. that. Western imperialism, corrupt puppets and leaders, yeah. um, just a myriad of political and economic issues. And in the late 1950s, Haiti experienced a, uh, what's called a brain drain, you know, when all of your engineers and mm-hmm. doctors when they all leave the island yeah. because of Duvalier, Duvalier remember? Yeah. Um, all the doctors, lawyers, engineers, they all left the country. But mom, when I think of the history of human uh, migration and U.S. immigration, I definitely think of the North and Western Europeans leaving the old world, oh, mm-hmm. coming through Ellis Island. Mm-hmm. And right after that, you had Southern and Eastern Europeans escaping poverty and political issues. Mm-hmm. The Serbs, the Greeks, the Italians, Hungarians, Irish, Syrians, the Poles. Um, Haiti has a special relationship with Poles. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people don't know that there's a lot of Arabs and Syrians in Haiti, you know. Um, but each with their own ethnic and language differences. But they were able to racially assimilate mm-hmm. um, into whiteness in America. So in the next episode, I want to talk about what your 16-year-old self thought about the wet foot dry foot policy remember that where you know um um america gave cubans privileges over haitians Uh at the time Mm -hmm. um uh because it's interesting when you went to cuba you were welcome yes and i want to you know um coalesce or not coalesce but um juxtapose Mm -hmm. those two experiences between you feeling very much accepted in Cuba, Cuba. but when you came to Haiti, mm-hmm. America didn't accept you mm-hmm. the way they accepted yeah, Cubans. Yeah, Cuban. yes. <laughs> um, so let's sail. We're going to sail to July 17th, 1981. 81, yes. Okay. That's when I arrived. And um, so, all right. So my name is Wilkin Brutus. And my name is Paulette Francois. You're listening to A Boat, A Voyage, <laughs> Come Ride With Us. <laughs> <laughs>